Good morning. This morning we're going to be starting John chapter 13. So if you have your Bibles, uh, would you make your way to John chapter 13? And we're going to read from verse 1 down to verse 17. John chapter 13, verse 1, down to verse 17. Okay, this is the Word of God. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was about to betray him. That was why he, that was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also, or that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Let's pray. Lord, your word brings life. And your word is so deep, God, that we cannot plumb its depths. But Lord, this morning, would you give us what we need? Father, would you draw those who do not know you to yourself? And God, for the believers in this room, would you continue to bring us to maturity? Have your way, Lord, as we look at the words that you have spoken in the Bible. And help us, God, to do them and be blessed. To your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, um, chapter 13 begins in a similar way that chapter 12 begins. 
and there's something in, that they both have in common and there's this foot washing and uh, you might remember but I preached on, on John chapter 12 the beginning where Mary washed the feet of Jesus it seems like I get the, the foot washing sermons and I'm so privileged <laughs> that, that I do get these because they're beautiful passages there are some differences though between the beginning of chapter 12 when Mary washes the feet of Jesus and this that we have just read this morning. Now Mary, what a wonderful woman, performed this act. Her affections were just stirred up and they overflowed into this generous act, this kind and compassionate thing that she did for Jesus. She washed his feet. Um, and that's pretty significant, more significant then than it probably is today. In this day and time, we have shoes and socks, and uh, we can keep our feet clean, and we have roads and footpaths. In the time of Jesus, they didn't have tar sealed roads or concrete footpaths, they had dust and dirt. They didn't have cars. The most popular way of getting from one place to another was walking. These people were used to long distance travel by feet through dust and dirt and the heat. And so when you went to someone's house, it was customary that you would have your feet washed when you got there. And so if, if you went to a friend's house, you would go there, you wouldn't wash your feet and your friend wouldn't wash your feet. But if your friend had a servant, this job of washing feet was so low that it was for the servants to do. In this society, foot washing was for the lowest person. And they would get the servant, but not even the Jewish servant. They would get the Gentile servant to wash your feet. This was a very, very humble job. And so when Mary washes the feet of Jesus, there's a bit of shock for a few reasons. One is, why is, why is Mary washing the feet of Jesus? Supposedly she comes from a good family. What, what, what is she doing? She's not a servant or a slave. And there was a bit of uproar because she used some expensive perfume to wash the feet of Jesus. She did a kind and generous thing for Christ. But there was someone who was more kind and more compassionate that day than Mary was. It was Jesus. And let me explain why. Even though Mary was a woman and, and probably had well-maintained hair, it was probably the cleanest part of her body. Even though she was um, this person who poured out this perfume that was worth one year's of wages onto the feet of Jesus, this woman was a sinner. Her hair may have been clean, but her track record with God was not spotless. She was a sinner. Jesus, on the other hand, although he had dirty feet, his track record with God, spotless, perfect, clean. And when I say perfect, I mean Jesus was perfectly righteous. He met the standard of God at every single turn of his life. Every single thought, every single word, every single action was as the Father willed it to be. He was absolutely perfect. And friends... The dirty feet of a perfect man are far too pure to be touched by the clean hair 
of a sinful woman. And that's why I say that on that day that Mary performed this very loving, affectionate, compassionate thing, very humble thing for Mary to do, Jesus was more kind that he would let this woman, allow this woman the privilege of serving him. And I bring that story up because I want to make some comparisons between Mary washing the feet of Jesus and now this one who is perfect and holy and clean before God begins to wash the feet of his disciples. And just to give us a bit more perspective on who it actually is that is washing the feet. And verse 3 in chapter 13, it says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God. This is the eternal Son of God. And John likes to bring this up over and over again, even in chapter 1 when he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14 in chapter 1, the Word became flesh. This is the eternal Son of God who has condescended, who has come down, who has humbled himself in this massive act that he would even put on flesh. He would even put on human nature to be like us. At that time, the biggest, most humble thing that has ever been done in all history, that the Eternal One would put on flesh. And now, the Eternal One who has put on flesh is doing the lowest job a job reserved for slaves. And not, not just any slave, but the Gentile slaves, the non-Jewish slaves that were looked down upon. He humbles himself even further. At this point in time, the most humble thing that has ever been done. To wash the feet, not of kings, but of fishermen, farmers, tax collectors. One who was going to betray him. This humility that Christ presents in chapter 13 is breathtaking. It's shocking that he would humble himself so far to wash the feet of his disciples is amazing. And there are a couple things that Jesus brings up that are important for us this morning. Um, one of them is that this is to be an example for us. He's set an example for us that if the king of the universe can put on human flesh to, to take on our nature and then do the lowest job that there is, his servants who are no greater than him because he's the master, his, his messengers who are no greater than him because he's the one who sends, what task is too low for us? Brother or sister, what task could you do for your brother or sister next to you this week? How can we serve each other in the church? How can we show affections for each other? Because our King has set an example for us. He has humbled Himself more than anyone else ever could. And um, I don't know that there is any sin more offensive to God than pride. I don't know that there is any sin more injuring to the soul than pride. 
God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so it's a, it's a lesson for us in humility. How can we deny ourselves something this week that our brother might be happy or our sister might be more comforted this week, that they might be more um, edified by our encouragement, by our service to them? That's a, a good reminder for me this week. But I think what Jesus really is pointing to, if we look at verse 8, Peter says to him, you shall never wash my feet. Like Peter's gone to this extreme. You're higher than me. In this society, your stature is higher than mine. Therefore, you shouldn't be washing my feet. I can understand because you are higher in stature than Mary. And if she washed your feet, but you can't wash my feet because you're higher than me. And then Jesus replies to him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And, um, uh, and Peter reminds me of myself sometimes. I go from one extreme all the way to the other. And I say, don't wash my feet. You're never going to wash my feet. Jesus says, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. You have no share with me. Peter says, sweet, give me a bath. <laughs> he goes all the way to the other side. But it's important for us to take those words seriously. The, the part where he says, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And just before that, he even tells Peter, look, you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but soon you will. You'll understand. And our gracious king is pointing Peter towards something that he's about to do. And what he's about to do is even more humbling than what he's just done. He's not just going to wipe the dirt off Peter's feet. He's going to remove a stain that is harder to remove than that. He's not going to wipe away the, the mud and the dust, but he's going to wipe away the wicked, the terrible, the treacherous, the rebellious record that Peter has that looks a lot like mine. He doesn't just wash away dirt from feet. He washes sin away from sinners. And he does it in the most humbling way. Over here we see him doing this thing that is reserved for servants. Soon he dies a death that is reserved for criminals. He hangs on a cross like a common thief. A punishment reserved for the wicked. He goes and pours out his blood. He goes and his body is broken in this most humble act that has ever been performed in all history. He dies on the cross in order to wash away the sins from sinners. And he does this by giving up his pure life. In 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and verse 21 it says, He became sin. He took on sin. He took on our sin. And there was a, not just a transaction, but a swap made. If you trust in God, if He has washed you, what has happened is He has taken your sin from your life, put it on Himself, and given you His righteousness. So that now you can stand before God clean. 
Jesus is pointing towards something so important here. Has he washed your feet? Have you been washed by Jesus? Because he says here that if you haven't been washed by him, you have no part with him. Do you have a part with him? Do you have a share with him? Do you belong to him? Have you been washed by the life, death and resurrection of Christ? Has he made you clean? Because God is a just God. God is a fair God. And the punishment of sin is death. Eternal death. That's on your record. Has Jesus washed that away? Have you trusted in Him? Do you have a part with Him? I just want to read before I pray from Philippians chapter 2 that shows Jesus and humility. Just from verse uh, 1 down to verse 11. Philippians 2. This is what it says. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. Having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was from God, the eternal Son, Although he was from God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Well, let me pray. send your son for people who are rebellious for people who are criminals for people who are stained with sin that they cannot remove by themselves you would send your son for these people this is mind boggling that you would send your son to be in the form of man is the most humble thing to send him to be in the form of a man and wash feet it's just breathtaking 
but that you would send him in our likeness to pay for our sins, to wash away our sins and our treachery and our rebellious nature toward you. Lord, that's just amazing. So I pray, God, especially for the ones who have not received that washing, that cleansing of sin from Christ, I draw them to yourself this morning. Help them, Lord, to recognize their rebelliousness towards you. Help them to recognize their sin and their desperate need of you. And Lord, I'm reminded that those who are saved and who have been washed and those who have a part with you still desperately need, need you every day. Would you help us, God, to depend on you like our lives depended on it because they do. Would you give us a high view of yourself? Would we think of you more highly than we do and how we ought to? God, have your way. Thank you so much for your word. And that, Lord, you can take deep things that we, that we can't fully understand, but you give us enough. Be glorified in our lives this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll sing. Should be able to sing after that too.